the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Weekday evenings on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. It's 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. Host Daryl Wood brings you the day's news and trending topics as only he can with a unique blend of conservative opinion, constitutionalism, and thought-provoking analysis. Join the conversation. 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. A daily look at the news in a way you won't hear anywhere else. Tune in to 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. Or stream at PatriotDetroit.com. You are in, in what part of the country? <laughs> Southwest Colorado. Wonderful. How are you picking us up? Oh, I stream you guys on my uh, iPhone every day. Fantastic. Um, I, I am a resident of Sterling Heights, but uh, I frequently come to Southwest Colorado. I am just thrilled to be hearing from you out there in Colorado. Continue to listen, tune in again, and call at your earliest convenience. Godspeed. Run to Win with Daryl Wood, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. on Faith Talk Detroit. Weekday evenings on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. It's 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. Host Daryl Wood brings you the day's news and trending topics as only he can with a unique blend of conservative opinion, constitutionalism, and thought-provoking analysis. Join the conversation. 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. A daily look at the news in a way you won't hear anywhere else. Tune in to 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. Or stream at PatriotDetroit.com. You are in, in what part of the country? Southwest Colorado. Wonderful. How are you picking us up? Oh, I stream you guys on my uh, iPhone every day. Fantastic. Um, I, I am a resident of Sterling Heights, but uh, I frequently come to Southwest Colorado. I am just thrilled to be hearing from you out there in Colorado. Continue to listen, tune in again, and call at your earliest convenience. Godspeed. Run to Win with Daryl Wood, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. on Faith Talk Detroit. This is Next Steps for Seniors with your host, Wendy Jones. Each week, Wendy brings resources and information to help guide you through those next steps for your elderly parent or loved one. Now, here's Wendy Jones with this week's guest. Good morning and welcome to Next Steps for Seniors. I'm your host, Wendy Jones, and also owner and operator of Next Steps for Seniors, the business, which everybody knows, located in Rochester Hills. Uh, we also have uh, a foundation, Next Steps for Seniors Foundation, because we care about our low-income seniors. We care about our seniors in general, but we want everyone to be able to live out their years with dignity and grace, whether or not you have funds. So with me today, my guest in the studio is Bob Manor. I have known Bob Manor, and he is a certified elder law attorney, I just want to mention, for... I think since I started the business, 10 years. I, I think, think you were one of the first people I met. I think that might be right. Yeah, yes. and uh, we were at a conference together. And so I'm blessed to have him here today because he is a wealth of knowledge. He's been in the industry for years. He gets it. He knows what needs to happen and when it needs to happen. And he cares about uh, cares about people. And he wants the best for everybody. So I'm excited to have Bob here. He is with Manor Law Group. You have a couple locations? We do. Right now we're in Rochester and Grand Blanc. Okay. So, yes. 
um, rapidly growing as always. So we have lots of things we're going to talk about. <laughs> um, near and dear to my heart first is just, you know, as an elder law attorney, what you're seeing in the industry, one of the biggest issues is people having the funds to pay for their care costs. Right. That's always going to be an issue and a consideration. It's certainly not going to be the only issue, but it is going to be an important issue and causes a lot of stress for families. Right, right. And I do feel like, you know, sometimes as much as we think we can just save money, there needs to be a plan, right? A plan in place. And that's why I really recommend that clients visit an elder law attorney because Bob has the expertise on how to, it's life planning, really, right? Exactly. Yeah, we've been focused a lot more recently on um, helping families that have a loved one with some form of dementia or Alzheimer's, those types of things. And the reality is that can be so expensive. So even if you did the right thing and you saved your money and you'd invested in your 401k or whatever it was, the cost of that level of care often with Alzheimer's or dementia can be devastating, especially if you have a spouse at home and we don't want to completely impoverish that spouse because one spouse has dementia. If I haven't seen it once, I've seen it a thousand times. And I and I, it's actually a mutual client that I sent to Bob because he spent all of his money taking care of his wife. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, probably 10 years of money in a, a like high-end assisted living place. So, you know, number one, you don't realize how long someone's going to live, but number two, how expensive it is. And then he ran out of money for himself. Right. And that's the big issue is that the caregivers often, the spouse, the mm-hmm. caregiver spouse often is um, basically giving their life because they are uh, the round-the-clock caregiver. They have to kind of keep track of their spouse because it's they, they need sort of someone there to make sure that they're safe. And not only that, now we have the cost associated with it. So by the time that uh, the the caregiver spouse needs help, there might not be anything for them. So that's one of the things we try to do is change, turn that around and make sure that we leverage what they have, look for different benefit programs that are out there to make sure that we don't impoverish someone just because of their medical condition, dementia or Alzheimer's, anything like that. Well, and I want you to get into some specifics of how you do that. But first, I think it's important, listeners, that we understand and I've done these numbers, and you may or may not be familiar with this, but we are about to have more seniors in our country than ever before in history. So our baby boomers are aging. So after the year 2030, all of our baby boomers are going to be over the age 65. Okay, so now we have more seniors than ever before. Second thing, leading cause of death, ready for this, in 2030, projected to be Alzheimer's. Wow. So one in three people... Okay, and I know this is a little debilitating right now. I can feel it getting heavy, but we need, to, we need to know this information. Mm-hmm. One in three people are projected to have Alzheimer's disease. So three things are happening. One, we're going to have more seniors than ever before. Two, we're living longer than ever before in history. And three, we're living more unhealthy. Mm. So this is why Bob Manor is here today, because we have to plan to live as we age in a state that may not be what we would want, right? Right. I mean, Alzheimer's happens whether you want it or not. So, you know, this is, this is life. We're talking real life right now. And we want, we need to be prepared because I can tell you once, I can tell you a thousand times how many people have called this office and said, 
I just didn't see this happening to me. It, it is something that, you know, no no one likes to think about. I always like to say that sometimes I feel like I'm the gloomy pessimist, and I'm not at all. I'm actually quite the optimist. But the reality is we have to prepare for that. And we kind of imagine that this could happen to our neighbor or it might happen to our sister. But it's not going to happen to us. It's not going to happen to us. And so there's two points here. that I One big takeaway I would have for anybody that's listening is, it's important to plan ahead and get things in place before the dementia gets too far along, but it's also possible to do planning even if it has. So sometimes people will um, hesitate to call us because they say, well, but my husband is already to the point where he can't sign legal documents or things like that. There's still help available. Okay. Now, ideally, we come in before that's the point. Before, Well, we can still put some legal things in, in order and get signatures and those types of things, but it's not the only option. And so ideally, we plan ahead, but if you haven't planned ahead, it's still worth finding out what your options are and what your legal rights are. So talk us through, you know, a client who's listening right now, what types of things, you know, when they call your office, talk us through what types of things your your organization does to help you them. You know, what's interesting about that is with the first conversation we always have is going to be what is going on. In other words, tell us about the family. Tell us about the circumstances. And it's so important. People think that when it comes to legal financial matters, it's just about a piece of paper or moving your money over here and things like that. The reality is there is much more nuance to it than that. And there's often many opportunities if we know the family situation. Okay, do we have family members that can help out? Do we have family members that are uh, are on Social Security disability is actually a big question that we ask. Mm -hmm. Not something that you would think that we would ask, but it's actually important for the legal matters. And so it's important that we kind of get the story of the family and what's going on. And people are a little caught off guard by that because they're expecting me to just talk about money or just talk about legal documents. But it's really important to learn the story first. But then we're going to go through and look for the resources. A lot of times there's going to be government benefits that are going to be available that can help pay, whether it be veterans benefits for the veteran or the widow or spouse mm -hmm. of the veteran. It could be some Medicare benefits. It could be some hospice benefits that we can take a look at. It could be Medicaid benefits. There's these programs called My Choice Waiver and Pace that we can look at. Now, often people come with the misperception that they're not going to be eligible for that because they did the good civic thing and saved their money, money mm -hmm. and you know paid off their house, and they're worried that they'll never qualify for any of these programs. But that's not the case. That's not the, how the law was written, and there are options. Unfortunately, the only people that know those options are the ones that know the law really well. They don't just automatically give you these benefits. It's for those folks that know how to uh, put themselves in a better position. We see the same things, for example, with taxes. People will often, right. uh, you know. Good example. <laughs> yeah. Those people that know how to prepare and, and set their money in a situation pay less taxes, regardless of their income. We know this. We hear about politicians and others that don't pay taxes. Well, that's because they were they found a lawyer or accountant or whoever, mm -hmm. help them set it up that way. The same thing is true for things like veterans benefits, Medicaid, Medicare, My Choice Waiver, PACE, all of these things. And, and that's why it's important to have an expert and someone like you, Bob, who understands 
all the programs and how to make it happen because there, and there is a way to preserve your funds. And we're going to get into that, you know, in another segment about Medicaid, because, you know, people assume you just have to spend everything you absolutely have. And that's not the case. And that's why it's important to know that those funds can be preserved for yourself and when you're married, et cetera. So we'll get into the Medicaid component later. Uh, We've got another minute and 30 seconds in this segment of the radio program. So I want you to kind of explain some of the documents that are really critical. Bob, you'd be surprised how many people call the office that don't even have a POA, which, Mm -hmm. by the way, is power of attorney, Mm -hmm. um, which is so important. So a lot of people go to their lawyer to talk about what happens when they die. And that's important, right? But honestly, in my world, it's not that important. We'll figure out what happens after you die. We'll try to make sure that everything gets to your loved ones and that we pay as little taxes and all of that. And that's important to plan for. But in my mind, it's more important to plan for what happens before that. What happens for if the rest you live. of your life? If you live, and uh, if you live, especially if you get sick or have dementia, and the two most important documents is a financial power of attorney, but not just any financial power of attorney. One that's specific to allow your family to deal with government benefits and some specific dementia-related language. If we're worried about dementia. And then, of course, the healthcare document so that somebody can make medical decisions for you, including things like life support. And and everybody, again, thinks this isn't going to happen to me. Mm -hmm. The bottom line is we hope it doesn't. But if it does, you have the proper documents in place and you won't even know how much you need them until that moment comes. Right? right. That's right. And then you know, oh, oh, wait, I have this. I have this document. Hold on a second. You're listening to The Patriot at FM 101.5 AM 1400. And we will be back in just a few moments. This is Wendy Jones, and you're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. Welcome back to Next Steps for Seniors. We're here today talking about the legalities. Elder law attorney Bob Manor is with us, and it's so important to understand all the information that is available to you that we should be pre-planning and thinking about ahead of time. And Bob, we just talked in the last segment about the two most important documents. And I know there's more that go with that, but you know, it's shocking. And I'm just going to go on a limb and say, I bet you only 25% of the people that call my office actually have a power of attorney. Right. I mean, that's a rough number, but I'm just saying it's shocking how many people don't. And their first question to me is, can I just get that online? You know, it's a good question. And uh, my answer is, frankly, it's better than nothing, but it's not good. (laughs) And what I mean by that is that there are, it is a very powerful document. Let's just put it out there. Um, My old law school professor used to call it a license to steal. In other words, you're giving somebody authority over everything that you have potentially Or maybe you're not giving them enough authority. It is a legal document. And so if you were going to get into a major contract that involved every dollar that you ever had, your house, every asset that you had, do you think that you should spend a little time making sure that that document actually does what it needs to do? Or would you just say, hey, I can just get any form and fill in the blanks? Because that's what you're doing. It involves everything that you've ever worked for and everything that you've ever built for well, yourself. Well, and, and what I find is so shocking is there are some things we can get online, right? right. We can go on Amazon. We can buy a new shirt. We can buy a <laughs> pair of shoes. But, like, let's be real. Like, this is, like, kind of life and death kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. This isn't, like, let's just play around and sort of maybe make this work. This is, like, you want the right documents from the right attorney for the right time. 
And there are differences between the documents. I, I don't like to get too focused on the documents because I really think it is a matter of how you use things and the advice that you get. And everybody's family and everybody's situation is different. That's why you need to work with somebody that helps families like this as opposed to just trying to find that magic pill that is a form that you put your name on and sign. Right. Uh, it's just not a good idea. But it's, it's honestly, if I had the choice of somebody doing something or nothing, I'd have them You'd do something. You'd rather have something, right, right. <laughs> but uh, isn't there some changes, too, that are coming to some of those? Excellent question. So this has been something that uh, that has been proposed. The um, a, Attorney General and the Governor in Michigan had this Elder Abuse Task Force, and they proposed a number of legislation uh, changes, and one of them was a change to the power of attorney law. This is a big deal because um, it could substantially affect how power attorneys are used in the state of Michigan. So they're looking at passing what's called a uniform power of attorney law. In other words, a committee uh, of throughout the country says, we're going to try to get the states to line up so that your power of attorney looks similar in Michigan as it would in Florida or would in Nebraska or whatever. And it's likely to pass from everything I'm hearing from our lobbyists and things like that, that in this next year, we're likely to get a new power of attorney law, mm-hmm. which might mean you need to consider updating your document, even if you already have one. Okay, good to know. Mm-hmm. See, and this is why I'm just going to say we don't go online and fill something out because exactly. you don't know this information. Right. We need we need an attorney to help us through this stuff. Um, so thank you for that because I think that's going to save a lot of our clients. And one other thing on that is that the problem with the uniform power of attorney is that in there, it's likely to have options for you. So the a form where you have options. It's really important to get advice about which options you should choose and which options you shouldn't. I think the tendency of everybody is going to be either choose all the options or choose none of the options. Mm-hmm. And both of those come with great peril. And it's not a good idea to actually sign a form without getting good legal advice. Okay, so let's talk through, this is good. Let's talk through somebody calls your office mm-hmm. because, and by the way, we're going to give his phone number right now. So grab your pen and paper, everybody. Uh, it's 800-990-6030. 800-990-6030. Correct. Not bad, huh? My recall. Very good. That's, very, that's great. <laughs> okay. So so that being said, someone calls your office. What's What What are they? What should they expect? Yeah. So and how, how soon can they get in to see you too would be a good question. We try to do our best to keep everything within a couple of weeks. I know... Um, it, it's hard sometimes because there is a lot of demand for these services, but we try to do our best that you can get some information, but we do something we call triage. So if you ever been to the hospital, they do triage and they treat the, the most severe patients first. And so we always, in my calendar and the other lawyers' calendars at my office, we always have openings that we save for those emergency cases. And so what's an emergency? Well, if you're at the hospital and they say you can't go home, that you need to go for rehab, that's an emergency. You might need advice about how to handle that with Medicare and how to make sure you're going to get the the most services and then they're not going to kick you out too soon. They're not kicking you out of the hospital too soon. These are all things that we work on. And it's very important if you want to have that quality of life and try to recover from whatever it was, the fall, the stroke, whatever it got you to the hospital, it's that's an emergency. So we try to get you in within a day or so 
if you're in the hospital and they're saying you can't go home right away. Also, if you're in rehab and they're trying to kick you out of there and they say, well, you, you know, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. This happens where you had a stroke, you had a fall, you're making some progress in rehab, and then all of a sudden they say, you can't stay here anymore. That's an emergency in our our world, and we try to get you in within a day or two on those situations. So, um, so you do a triage when they call into the office, and then is an appointment... Um, online? Do you do Zoom? Do you do in person? How is that? How does that work for the consultation? I'm a bit old fashioned still, to be honest with you, Wendy. I love to sit face to face with somebody, sit over a table, talk about their life, talk about their circumstances, figure out what's the best plan moving forward. However, I know that's not a realistic option for everybody. And so we, uh, I'm more than happy to do the online meetings. We use Zoom or other uh, options. So I can look at you, you can look at me, we can share documents. We can go through all of that. We do that regularly, practically every day. I'm on a Zoom meeting these days. I can even do it by phone. So some people aren't comfortable with the computer and we just do a phone call. It's not as effective as um, a coming Zoom. to the office. Yeah. yeah, it's coming to the office or a Zoom meeting because it's harder to share documents and things like that. But I, we're, we realize in these times that we have to be very flexible. Right. So I'd love it for you to come to the office, but I'm more than happy to do phone calls or Zoom meetings or any other options so that we can get the information to you. And, and I echo your old-fashionedness, just for the record. <laughs> I am all about meeting people in person mm-hmm. because there's something about sitting across the table, especially these moments, right? right. We, we're talking about about serious information that you just can't put a price tag on. Exactly. And, and if I could say it once, I could say it a thousand times of the people that sat across from me and just started sobbing because mm. of their situation. So you want to be there to give them a hug and to hold their hand. And <laughs> Absolutely. To, you know, so anyway, but I'm with you on that. One thing I want to mention is that a lot of the times the information we're providing is different than what your neighbor told you, different than what happened with your aunt. And so, so often we have this situation where we say, well, this happened to my neighbor, this happened to my aunt, and this is what we did. But your life and your circumstances, your finances, your family, all are different. And maybe your aunt or your neighbor didn't know that they had additional options. And so it seems almost always that the information we're providing is different than what they've heard from others, even people in the medical field or sometimes even other lawyers. And I do think, you know, what he's saying is really critical. And there are a lot of attorneys out there. There's few elder law attorneys that are certified. And I just want to bring that also to your attention, because if you have an attorney that does divorce law, this is completely different. You know, this is this is the end of life. This is elder law planning. So as you're aging, what your what your initiatives are, right? I mean, there's so much care planning that goes into this. So I just want to encourage people. That's why Bob Manor is here today. He's experienced. He knows what he's doing. He's been around the block a couple times. So there's very few things I think that you probably haven't already heard that are going to come up at this point. Everybody's circumstances are different, but yes, we've we've seen lots of things. And one of the things that I have seen a lot of happen lately is people bringing their lawyer with them, and I love that. So they bring they have a lawyer that they trust. They have a financial advisor that they trust. Whoever it is, great. More, you know, more ears, somebody else to kind of hear, help you answer some questions. I'm more than happy to have you bring your estate planning lawyer, your friend that's the lawyer, anybody with you so that you can, everybody can kind of hear the options that you have. This is good. I like, this is the first I've heard of that. That's great news. Yeah, I do, I do highly recommend pulling the whole family together too, because I mean, if, 
you got to have more than just you and your spouse. Yes. Right. I'm right. sure you recommend that bringing, you know, kids, uh, attorneys, whatever. It's a big part of our practice. I was presenting, teaching uh, other lawyers through the continuing legal ed. And one of the things that a lot of lawyers will say is, because of this whole attorney-client privilege, well, we're going to kick out the family. I can only talk to my client without the family there. I have the opposite view. <laughs> and it's because of the t- nature and the type of practice that we have, we want the family there. We want the extra ears. We want to make sure we answer all the questions. Well, and we all want to be on the same page. Exactly. What good is it having an, a, you know, an attorney and all these documents if everyone doesn't know what they are and they're all on the same page with them? Absolutely. So I'm with you on that. I think what we're going to do is, in our next segment, get a little bit into the legislative advocacy because there's a lot of laws and things that are changing uh, just in the industry in general that I think everyone needs to be aware of. Uh, So we'll do that when we get back, and we're also going to share his phone number again. So get your pen and paper. You're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. We'll be right back with you. This is Wendy Jones, and you're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. Welcome back to Next Steps for Seniors. We are here today with Bob Manor, and I hope you got your pen and paper ready because he's going to give his phone number again because I highly recommend talking to an elder law attorney. If you have not done any pre-planning, any thought process about the future, getting your documents in place, now is the time to write this phone number down. Bob? Yeah, so the phone number for Manor Law Group is 800, it's a toll-free number, 1-800-990-6030. All right, and there's you have a website too, I'm assuming. We do have a out. website, just manorlawgroup.com. All right, excellent. So I want I to kind of turn corners just a little bit and talk about some of the laws that are... Um, that we need to change. Yes. <laughs> we, we have a problem. Yes. We have a problem in our industry, and I see it every day. You see it every day. And, you know, I don't know if everybody sees it, but there are some things that we need to advocate for our seniors for um, with legislation. Absolutely. And so I had the privilege, I just finished up my term as chair of the elder law section of the State Bar of Michigan. And so we have a lobbyist that we pay lots of money to to help uh, advocate for seniors and help advocate for those with special needs and disabilities. And uh, there's so many things that we could talk about and, and that we could look at for legislation. But I have one issue in particular that I'm going to be spending a lot of time over the next year advocating for and working with our lobbyists and hoping, hopefully coming up with a coalition of people that could help with this. And that is for the home care uh, options or assistance with care through some of the programs that are out there in Michigan. So what I'm specifically referring to are these programs. One is called My Choice Waiver, and the other one is called PACE, Program for All-Inclusive Care for the Elderly. They're both really great programs. So PACE is an all-inclusive program where they give you a team of experts with a doctor and a social worker and a nurse and a transportation expert that comes up with a plan of care for that is comprehensive. And if you qualify, it is a Medicaid program, but if you qualify, there's no cost for it. It is no, There's no out-of-pocket cost for it. It can help so many people stay in their home, stay in an independent living type setting. The other program is called My Choice Waiver. It is designed as a home care program, but a home is where you live. So home could be in an assisted living. Home could be in a memory care facility. Home could be in an independent living or could be with your daughter. 
they're living at your daughter's house or your son's house. They're such great programs, and they're less expensive than the other Medicaid programs. So the government would actually be saving money by having more people participate in these programs because it's less tax dollars, less money to fund these programs for each individual than it would be for, say, nursing home Medicaid. Here's where the problem is. They have an income limit. And so it's an individual income limit. It's currently, I think, 2,523. But if you make a penny more than that, you're not eligible for that program. Now, that's not very fair, right? Because if you worked hard, you know, you, you worked hard, you got a, a union job, you were a teacher, you worked for the UAW, any of those types of things, your income's probably a little bit over that limit. Maybe not, but for a lot of folks it is. Problem with that is you'd be disqualified from all of those programs simply because you got a job that paid a pension. And in particular in Michigan, we're kind of proud of our history in Michigan where we um, advocated for these wage and hour laws, where we have unions, where we got a pension, where we make sure we you know, give our teachers a pension and, and auto workers and those types of things. Mm -hmm. And yet now we're being penalized. So if you uh, want to qualify for one of these programs... You know, it doesn't matter whether you have, you know, the money part of it, the assets is a separate question altogether. This is specifically related to your monthly income, your pension and Social Security. Now, they just passed a rule federally. This is all Michigan has to do to allow more people to participate in these home care programs, these waiver and PACE programs, is ask. All we have to do is ask, and it's likely the federal government will grant that. And then we will have more people that could stay in their home, not be forced into a nursing home, simply because they have dementia or Alzheimer's or a stroke or a fall or whatever it is. And we have to advocate for this because we have to get the people that are in charge yep. to uh, ask for that change. So the federal government, uh, what they call CMS, has said that if we ask, we will get um, Center for Medicaid and uh, Medicare Services. If we ask, uh, they will likely grant that. And so our um, Medicaid plan is coming up for renewal for waiver this year. And, I mean, I'm sorry, next year, 2023. And we'll, if we simply get the right people to submit a proposal that says, hey, let's waive this income limit, then um, we're going to be able to help a lot more people stay in their home and the government potentially spend less money. So why wouldn't we want to do that? It is a win. I mean, Bob, it's seriously a win-win for everybody. And thank you first. Thank you for taking that on as a passion and a purpose because, and I'm with you, by the way, I'm, mm. I'm standing with you on Absolutely. this because I 100% agree with everything he just said. It is shocking to me that we have not come up with a better way yet. But this is the first step in the right direction, if you ask me, and it'll be an easy step. It's right. not that this is not something, this is not earth shattering. We already have the programs available. It's just raising the limits, opening up the door a little bit. And if you put this in perspective, you think about it, some people say, oh, well, you got the, you got the pension, you should be able to handle it. Well, okay, you get a $1,000 pension from GM or from your teacher's pension. That's not going to pay for home nope. care, assisted living. Well, and this is, living. you know, listeners, I think this is important to understand. The average price of an assisted living is about $4,500 a month. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, many times that doesn't even include care. That's right. just living there. So, you know, this is, this is an area, this is not cheap. Mm-hmm. Very rarely are people bringing that kind of money in per month right. uh, with both, you know, social security and pension. So I hear the need. I echo it a thousand percent and there's no doubt we need this. No doubt we need this in the state of Michigan. So I appreciate that you're doing it. And any, you know, you you can talk to your legislature. This is probably not going to be a law that they pass. But legislators have a lot of influence. And so if you know a legislator, you know somebody in an organization that has influence, um, what we really need to do is just put, you know, get to the right people. I think the people that um, have the ability to make this change don't necessarily have the big picture. They they don't really haven't really seen it. And if we have enough groups, union groups, ARP, you know, people that are there to advocate for seniors, uh, I think we can make this change. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's um, talk a little bit about what you do at your firm to advocate for seniors. Speaking of, yeah. So on a on a individual level, this is our our big thing. So this is something that we kind of brought to Michigan many years ago. Um, but we've really been uh, kind of stepping up and providing additional advocacy. But the idea is we actually have social workers that work at our law firm, and they're not to prepare legal documents. They don't do that. They're not to go into court. <laughs> we don't have them do that. They are to advocate for our clients. And so what we find is so often the healthcare system and the long-term care system is so overwhelming. And if you've never dealt with it before, and now there's just so much information and so many details and frankly pushing and pulling and people are pushing and pulling in different directions and everybody has their own agenda. It, whether every, I, I assume everybody's well-intentioned, but there is an agenda. So the hospital's agenda is ultimately to get you out of the hospital, <laughs> to right. get you out. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes the rehab agenda, like the for physical therapy, things like that, is to get you out. And that's the goal. And the thing is, now what? What do we do there? And so sometimes you need that advocate that's just going to make sure that your rights are maintained, that you get the most services that you can get, and you're not pushed out of the programs or not pushed out of physical therapy too quickly or kicked out of the uh, the nursing home or the hospital too quickly. Um, but often just advocacy for better care. You know, how often are, are, are do we have a plan of care? Are we getting up at the same time every day? If you're in a care facility, there should be a plan that says, okay, uh, you know, Mabel gets up at 8 a.m. every day instead of having an un- unusual schedule. We can advocate for those things. That's why we have social workers in our office. It's not just about the legal documents and the financial documents. It's also about providing better quality of life for folks that need this. And thank you for doing that because I am seeing more and more. And I think, you know, some of it has to do with uh, short staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are very short on caregiver staff. And um, I'm just going to put a call out for help. If you are out there listening to this program right now and you care, mm-hmm. you just care about people, we need caregivers in the industry, in the healthcare industry, in all areas, not just in, you know, assisted living and community level, home care. Uh, nursing homes, all of them need care caregivers right now. And so that's, you know, it's an issue. It's an issue and we need more people. So to have someone like, you know, Bob Manor and the Manor Law Group in your corner kind of fighting for you on behalf of you is a big thing. It's a very big thing. And it's very needed, unfortunately, right now, especially. It is. There's so much, especially with some of the COVID rules and things like that. 
we just want to make sure that your loved one is taken care of. They're getting the best care that we can get them. We have the best circumstances under the circumstances. Exactly. Exactly. Unfortunately, that is how it works. We are going to talk about in our last segment, so stay tuned, uh, Medicaid planning and what that is, what that looks like, and why you need it. You're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400, and we'll be back in just a few moments. This is Wendy Jones, and you're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. Welcome back to Next Steps for Seniors. We are here today with Bob Manor from Manor Law Group, and I'm excited to have him here because we've learned a lot uh, just in the last three segments. And as we move into this last segment, listeners, this is going to be more about you know pre-planning and how to manage um through to end of life, being able to pay for your your costs and not going through all your personal assets because that is a very important thing. We do not want to be indigent at the end of life. We want to leave with something, right? Um, so, Bob, I'm going to let you kind of explain to our listeners kind of what that looks like. Yes. So let's talk about this in the standpoint of Medicaid. So it's confusing, unfortunately. They, when they name these programs, they name them so close together, Medicare and Medicaid. And so Medicare, if you're over 65, you probably have Medicare. That's your health insurance. Now, you probably also have Blue Cross or something like that. But Medicare is the primary health insurance with whatever supplemental insurance that you have. Medicaid is a different program. And so with Medicaid, there's a lot more rules, especially if we want it to pay for long-term care. So home care, assisted living, memory care, nursing home. There are programs that can pay for those things, but you have to become eligible for Medicaid. So that's what I do. That's one of the things that we do. And I want to talk about this just real quick. Sometimes people get nervous about that. They say, well, if this program was designed for folks that don't have any money, how is it fair for you to help people get on Medicaid and still preserve some of their money? And here's my answer. If you had heart disease, my father had open heart surgery. And when I looked at the bill, when all was said and done, it was over $600,000. How much did my father pay for that open heart surgery? Less than $10,000. So the government, Medicare and Blue Cross, paid for five, dollars $600,000. So he was... And I'm, gonna, I'm saying this with a little bit tongue-in-cheek, lucky enough to have heart disease. <laughs> but what if he had Alzheimer's? My mom had Alzheimer's. So what if he had Alzheimer's? That's not covered by Medicare. That's not covered by Blue Cross. And so if you get one disease, you're covered and you don't have to go poor. But if you get another disease, it's not covered. And I'll tell you what, his heart surgery was way more costly than my mom's Alzheimer care uh, costs. It costs less to care for somebody and provide them with that long-term care than it did for that heart surgery. And yet, that's the way that the government set this up. One disease is covered and one isn't. So what we do is we kind of level the playing field. Any government program has lots of rules and regulations. And if you know the regulations and know how to apply them properly and legally, you can protect yourself and protect assets. And that's what we do. I'll give you a couple of quick examples. For a married couple, now, to be clear, we're probably not getting somebody that has $7 million. We're not probably. We're simply not. If somebody has $7 million, they have plenty of resources. They don't need these benefits, right? We're not doing that. Right. But what if you have four, five, six dollars $600,000 in savings? Maybe more, maybe less. Is it fair for you to be impoverished because your spouse got Alzheimer's? 
And the answer is we can help with that. Typically with a married couple, we can preserve up to 100% of the assets in favor of what we call the caregiver spouse, the other spouse. And it's right, they're written in the law. It's just you have to know how to invoke it. There's the spousal protections. Now, they don't give them to you. Unfortunately, if they were nice, they would just say, spousal protections, we'll protect the spouse. They don't do it. It's very, it's a bit complicated, and you need a, a precise lawyer to do it to help uh, preserve those assets in favor of the caregiver spouse. What about a single person? Well, single person is a little bit even more complicated, but we can still protect assets in favor of a single person. Typically, at least 50% of the assets, and maybe even more, can be, can be protected and still qualify for Medicaid for a single person. So those are the bottom line kind of rules that we follow when it comes to Medicaid. Unfortunately, with both of them, you are going to need an advocate, a lawyer that really knows this. And frankly, most lawyers have never filed a Medicaid application, have never filed uh, a veteran's application, things like that. And so experience does matter. Now, is it true that you cannot take advantage of both the veteran's benefit and Medicaid at the same time? Can you explain that a little bit to our listeners? It's a great question. So I actually presented on this a few years ago uh, to other lawyers as a part of a continuing legal education class that I was teaching. And it can happen. It's like threading a needle, though. You can get both veteran's benefits and Medicaid. The primary way to do that is for one spouse to get veteran's benefits and the other spouse to get Medicaid. That's the primary way we get both. Um, Other than that, it's very difficult to get both veteran's benefits and Medicaid at the same time. For the same person. For the same person. Got it. There are ways to do it, but those are rare and it's very fact-based, based on your specific circumstances. But for the most part, it's um, unless it's where we can get one for one spouse and the other for the other spouse, there's very limited circumstances where we can get both. So I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but I'm thinking you might know this answer. Do you know what the aid in attendance benefit number is for 2023? Because I know it changes every year. Yeah, it's a good question. I, I don't have that memorized. So they okay. would have uh, come out with the new numbers just last week. Okay. So they come out with it November 1st, and then the new numbers start uh, December 1st for the following year. Um, I believe that it went up about 8%. So what it is, is the veterans benefits aid and attendance numbers go up the same percentage as the social security. So if you're going to get a raise in social security, you also get a raise in, uh, veterans benefits. If you have, if you're getting veterans benefits and that's going to be the same percentage. All right. Good to know. So we've got four minutes left in the program. We've covered a lot today, mm-hmm. and it just seems to have flown by. But I want, you know, listeners, if you're just tuning in for the first time and you missed the first couple segments, um, Bob, I would love if you would just recap just the most important takeaways here in the last few minutes so that people know, you know, what to expect and what they can do when they call your office. So I think the two most important things that you can take away from this, one is that you need to be concerned about your lifetime legal documents. Most people are most concerned about what happens after they die, and that's why they go to their lawyer. That's important, but it's not nearly as important as to what happens before you die. And so some people just kind of overlook those powers of attorney, financial, medical powers of attorney, and say, oh, I'll just sign any old thing. 
But the reality is those that's about your life and death for the medical. And it's about everything that you've ever earned or own for the financial. And so we don't want to skimp on that because it, it's not one size fits all. It's not one document covers everything. It's really important that you have a legal document that is specific to your circumstances and your family circumstances. The second takeaway is that when faced with a long-term care issue, so your spouse, your mom, your dad, somebody is going to need care. And whether that we're looking at care in your home, care in assisted living, care in a nursing home, um, it's a good idea to have a legal review with a lawyer that does this type of work. So sometimes they call it elder law, but that's a little bit of an overused term. So we actually call it care planning law. So we're, we plan for care and we plan for, we have a whole care planning, uh, uh, care services department in our law office, including social workers and paralegals and lawyers that help with this last stage of life. And so if you need care, it's a good idea to make sure that you know what your legal rights are and what options you have, both for paying for care and getting good quality care. Excellent. And my takeaway is please don't try to do this by yourself. Please don't go online and just try to figure everything that we've talked about today out by yourself. It is so much easier to pick up the phone, make the call, set an appointment. A consultation is critical. I mean, what is it, an hour, hour and a half of your time? Mm -hmm. And you can get a lot of good information and then make the decision of whether or not you want to move forward. But I highly recommend to pretty much every person that calls this office, if you don't already have these documents in place, these life, I, you call them lifetime legal documents. Mm -hmm critically important listeners. Um, I'm begging you. And you know, the funny story, I had a lady who was, I don't know, 75 call me from that listens to the radio every single week. And one day she called and she's like, it just hit me that you're actually talking to me. <laughs> right. <laughs> so she's like listening every week. And she's like, I don't have these documents in place. And I was like, yes, I'm talking to you. So um, she sounded 40 on the phone, but she was 70, you know, so yeah. Please get these documents in place. Make the phone call. I'm going to have Bob share his phone number and his uh, website address it with you um, again. But this is really a critical time just in general. But I think we all need to have this conversation. Right. Absolutely. So the website address is uh, mannerlawgroup.com. Manners with two N's and an O. M-A-N-N-O-R. Mannerlawgroup.com. And the phone number is toll-free. 800-990-6030. Excellent. Well, thank you, Bob. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for sharing your wealth of knowledge with us today. Thank um, you. It's, it's good information for everyone to know. Mm -hmm. And that's what's important about this program and uh, Next Steps for Seniors, what we do and the radio program is getting the right information into your hands. You know, I'm going to encourage you to do something with it. But if nothing else, thank you for tuning in. We appreciate you. You're listening to The Patriot FM 101.5 AM 1400. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.